0: We acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land upon which we meet, the Yagara and Turbal people of the Mianjin Nation, and we pay our respects to their elders past, present, and emerging. To Marvels, the podcast where we examine Marvel's pop culture paragons from the MCU and beyond through a queer feminist lens. I'm Lisa, and the journey to my storm is data. <laughs> that really Johnny's my
1: storm is Lisa.
0: <laughs> Hello, our fantastic
1: followers. There is no denying that superheroes influence and inspire people from all communities, so we want to explore what the representation is, if any, available to viewers from outside a straight male lens. Who better to explore this than your favourite Discourse Dex?
0: What a yeah. good... It feels
1: really professional, our sign-on by now.
0: Yeah, it, it feels really good. 11 really episodes in. Yeah. Who the fuck? This is an 11th episode. Yeah. And you won't hear this until, like, September. It is July. It is July 19th that we're recording this. It's
1: only two months
0: delay. No, two months, yeah. That's all good. Yeah. So what are we looking at today? Today, of course, we're looking at The Fantastic Four mm. from 2005. Yeah, directed by Tim Story and written by Michael France and Mark Frost. Ugh. So something that we touched on, and I'm always like, okay, the thing that I didn't say last episode, but I, I'm going to say it now. So um, last episode, we were like, don't buy from Amazon. Amazon is evil. Okay, yes. let me be very clear about this. Disney is also evil. So mm. don't give them your money. Don't pay for Disney+. Plus. Um If you would can't watch these movies without paying for them, like talk to me and I'll get you a way to watch them. Okay, I got your back. We can have like streaming sessions on like rabbit, if people still use rabbit or like Twitch or whatever. We can do that.
1: Yes, there are always options. Yes. There are always ways around and like My favourite thing I used to do when I was just, like, so shitty at all of the big companies of the world, I'd just go to cash converters and for a dollar would buy, like, Daredevil. Yeah. (laughs) And that's probably the amount of money you should be paying for it anyway. And it's secondhand, so it's not going directly into the corporations.
0: Exactly. That's a really good... Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. Because I was going to say you could rent them through your library, but I think... I don't know, Did do they still, like, get yeah, that for, they do. They there do? are still
1: DVDs at local library. I know, um,
0: Interpillar and Tuong, I was always yeah. surprised, and they had, like, modern, popular things. Do Disney get, like, every time someone borrows them, they get money, or is it, like, they just got money from the library buying No, them? they just got money from the library buying their the yeah. supply, but yeah. if,
1: if 400 people go and rent that DVD from their library, that's not profit. Like, they have yeah. only got the flat $20 profit versus yeah. 400 people buying $20 DVD is a lot more Yeah. Money. yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, that's great. Yeah, <laughs> fantastic. We have ways around this. I know, right? We live in a great world. It just requires us to be a little more thoughtful about where we source our stuff.
0: Exactly. And I list, watch it all illegally online, so
1: <laughs> controversial. <laughs> Don't track my IP, government. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I should get a VPN if I. Keep you should. That. <laughs> Please do. Okay, uh, fantastic. Form. Yeah, let's start with the plot then. I want to say thank you in advance because I think you predicted that these next two movies we're talking about would just go straight through my head, out my ears like they always do, and I'd be terrible with plot.
0: Well, I actually found the plot easy to remember for a couple of those movies. Like, we, did, we didn't we did write the plot down for, like, Blade and yeah. Spider-Man. I and had, like, what for Blade. Yeah, that's right. But
1: they were very jumbled, my head, jumping through yeah. hoops.
0: <laughs> and I managed to remember a lot of it really well, but you were doing the majority of the heavy lifting. Thank so, you. As I you did do my in one, real life. I because... did my one
1: episode this season where I can I am <laughs> <laughs> on
0: top of You things. do the heavy lifting in all areas of your life, you say as you edit the podcast,
1: <laughs> as you piece it together, as you publish it, I just rock up once a week and do my homework
0: sometimes. <laughs> okay, the thing that I, I have to edit the podcast okay. that I'm on, I don't like being on other people's podcasts, because mm-hmm. I have to edit myself to sound good, because I would just say the silliest things, like, the I, I don't know if I'm going to say stupid, but like... Just incomprehensible. Th- incomprehensible and dense, you know, and... Um, and so I have to, like, edit myself to sound really well. And edit out all the ums and the ahs and the how it takes me 20 minutes to say one sentence. I know this. And I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to edit you as much. You're perfect. Ew.
1: <laughs> In what world? Gay lord. I <laughs> know,
0: <laughs> <laughs> right? Okay. Plot. Plot.
1: All right. Um, we know that... There is a presentation. They, yes. We set up this very ominous statue in this very tall, high-rise building. I felt like I was watching Spider-Man 1 again. It's just the same vibes as Oscorp. Yeah. Um, and we get this big dramatic statue, and we have Reed Richards, and then <laughs> I called him Richard Reed. <laughs> Richard Reed and the Thing. <laughs> I know, because what kind so of a first name is Reed. <laughs> Is that even a real first name? Yeah,
0: his first name is Richard. He's got a last name, first name, and a first name, last name.
1: Yeah, he's Reed Richards, not Richard <laughs> Reed, which is confusing, I know. Um, and then Ben Grimm, who is his friend. Um, friend. <laughs> leave my pronunciation. You just called me perfect three seconds ago. Do we need I'm, to not, rewind?
0: I'm not making fun of you. I think just think it's funny.
1: They're giving a presentation um, because they're broke NASA won't fund them they have this big science project or Reed has this big science project that he wants to do he wants Ben to be his pilot um and he's like, please, give us money so we can go in and, and, and investigate
0: the effect of cosmic rays on plants and mutation. And That's DNA. what they're doing. Yeah. yeah. I never understand any science stuff that happens in any of these movies. And there are a lot of movies with Look, a lot of stuff. Look, most of the stuff. time, the science stuff in this movie
1: is bullshit anyway. It's <laughs> so it's, it's all good, so good if you definition. don't understand
0: it. Well, I always think about, like, what would it take to write a script like this? And I actually found that this script, like, the dialogue, I didn't find it too bad. Like, I thought it was pretty good a lot of the time. It's There's lots of cheesy puns. Yeah. And there I appreciate are, it. But like as I as I say in one of our notes that um Ben gets a lot of the cheesy lines, and I like that. Like, yeah. you see Johnny Storm, they really went out all out for him to make him, like, this rock star. And um, <laughs> to varying degrees rock of success. <laughs> it's really... I love watching the datedness. <laughs> like, how
1: low are those jeans? Oh, look at the bell-bottom she's wearing. Like, it's very 2000s. Vibe. Everyone is bronze. That's what <laughs> yeah. my housemate said as we were watching it together. He's like, I forgot that even, like, your nerds in media, like your pasty-pale nerds, still are covered in a layer of bronze. Like, read Richards, yeah who never sees the Sun in days because he's too busy working on a lab experiment exactly. he's just and like, they show him he's just like but he looks bronzed and off of a Malibu Beach <laughs> like, it's just that era of filmmaking
0: and they live in New York okay I don't know what new New York is like but it's not fucking California no
1: it's not <laughs> but it I guess it has that side of the celebrity keep up and says anyway they appeal to Victor Vondue what a name like you know that's the bad guy immediately <laughs> that's just in the name um and uh, and he's like, fine, I guess we'll go to space. Um, it'll be a good investment for my company.
0: yeah oh what? sorry what? Um, okay so what happens like um sue makes an appearance susan storm makes an appearance and we find out that she is uh reed's ex-girlfriend and now currently victor's girlfriend um <laughs> dana says women only exist to be girlfriends don't you know <laughs> oh yeah that's, that's
1: all these superhero movies
0: Yes, yeah And sisters um, this time And I found that like they, like Victor Von Doom and Reed Richards I'm looking at my notes to find these names because I can't remember their names And also an assistant dude who's played by, I can't remember his oh. name But he was in like that, I think it was like a sugar documentary or something Was that him? <laughs> I was that somebody else?
1: I have no idea um,
0: But just doesn't matter because my point is that they all look the same
1: Yes No, you're right, everyone in this movie is tall, bronzed and dark haired <laughs> Like, all the men in this movie, except for, I guess, Johnny and uh, Ben. Yeah, Ben doesn't have any. Everyone <laughs> <laughs> just blends in. Look, Johnny nearly doesn't in this film either. It's so short. <laughs> um, yes, we know that Sue is dating and works for. It's yes. kind of a weird, yeah, like, mix strange. of both. Um, the proposal was the most awkward thing ever. If so, when they get to... Two sp-
0: proposals in this movie. When
1: they get to space, <laughs> um... When they get to space, uh, Victor Von Doom proposes to Sue, but he's like, think of it like a promotion. (laughs) Like, it's such a weird series of lines where it was like, you know, um, you have an opportunity to stand by me for the rest of my life. It was very weird. And she's like, I've got science to do. Actually, things start to go wrong. That's what happens when they're in space. Ben's outside putting their pot plant, which was meant to be the source of their study, into place. Reed notices that the cosmic rays and radiation is going off the charts and happening early, and um, essentially they're trying to get Ben back inside, and there's this big series where all, they all get smashed by these cosmic rays uh, up in the orbit instead of having their shields on, instead of being safe. Mm-hmm. Even Victor Von Doom, who tried to lock them all out and shield himself in the little shield section, um, he ends up uh, getting hit by it as well, as
0: we find out later in the course of the film. We are completely skipped over Johnny's entrance. <laughs> okay
1: you love him so i'll let you talk about i don't love him okay
0: i don't know how i feel like i don't like chris evans you have a lot of mixed emotions i didn't even say who's in this film jessica alba chris evans (laughs) um some other people i don't know um like yes so uh johnny is susan's brother Mm mm-hmm And he is the pilot for their mission. Yes. And Ben is immediately like, I can't stand this guy and I don't want him as our pilot. And you find out why when he's just constantly cracking jokes and, like, paying Ben out and, like... And womanising. And and womanising and just being a real cad. He's played off as a hothead. (laughs) Oh, he's a dipshit. And, um... (laughs) Yeah, and so they go to space and, like, what Dana says, the cosmic rays happen. Jessica Alba, like... Her boobs are just like fully out in that in that sequence. That's it's just sequence. like she, they're wearing all these really cool suits, um, and then they turn into their like superhero costumes once so they they've got superpowers. Spoilers, um, and and so her boobs are just like really pushed up, like mashed together, and her her thing isn't up all the way, so it's yeah. just it's like it's like contoured cleavage, look, contoured which, cleavage, where like they've
1: deliberately like shaded it as well to make it look like. Dan, Nikki, or bobbies. Like, (laughs) remember that old tweet? Yes! (laughs) That's my favourite tweet. Um, and I think I say later, do we want to talk about the bobbies now? Or do we want to talk about the bobbies later? Um, what happens? So, I was just saying later in the, um, the, I think I had this in my queerness section or somewhere in feminism, that, like, Reed's just not even remotely interested in her in this movie for the first two thirds of it. Like, she's there, like, deliberately, like, it shows the suit exhibits your best assets with her bobbies up and... Is that what she says? Yeah, she says that. She literally is, like, trying to flirt with him. And he's just like, wow, the synthetic material, you went with that idea. And he, like, gets in, like, real close. He like, you think he's looking at her chest, but no, he's, like, starts fangirling over the material that she's wearing. Is
0: he ace? Is Reed
1: Richards asexual? (sighs) Look, we'll talk about it when we get to queerness, okay? I'm interested to But know. I just wanted to... I love that because it's very funny.
0: <laughs> okay, so they go back to Earth and they're in quarantine. Yes. Um, and... Uh, I just... Okay, so I have a bunch of notes. I didn't really write down it's the plot. they been porn.
1: a long time in this movie in quarantine.
0: They do. So they're in quarantine and then things start to go wrong. Like, Sue turns invisible and Reed, like... Uh, he catches something across, like, the table. The wine wine bottle falls over, so he catches it, but his arm stretches out really far. And um, then Johnny bursts into flames and... After he's gone renegade and avoided quarantine
1: because he's bored, and the nurse tried to take his temperature and he was, like, he 400 degrees and he kisses her and, uh, her. and he goes snowboarding, and she comes. She goes snowboarding as well. And he, like, bursts into flame and he crashes into, like, this mound of ice and makes a little hot tub situation. And he's like,
0: want to join me? And uh-huh. she does. <laughs> she just does. Oh, that's cool for her. Good for her. He's hot. <laughs> yeah.
1: I love her little, like, very 2000s hairstyle where it's like, just that little up pony in the middle of the long, luscious, yes. bombastic locks. And I'm like, you're at work. You're a nurse. Put your hair up, woman. What kind of outfit was she
0: wearing? <laughs> like, she was wearing Halloween costume nurse outfit. That's what she was wearing. <clears throat> So, oh yeah, that's what happens. And then Ben, um, he starts transforming. Things start to happen to his body. And then he busts out of quarantine and he goes to see his wife. Fiance. Fiance. Yes. Um,
1: His fiance rejects him <laughs> entirely because that's what you do apparently when you're Beloved comes back and has turned into a big rock man. Yeah.
0: Um. She also walks out into the street wearing lingerie. Yeah. She's got like a cover, but it's not covering it's anything. It's like a slip. Yeah, it is. Like, I wear those everywhere. But like, <laughs> I'm like, but like in the street with no shoes on when in the middle of the night in New York. True. I was about to say, I've done that before, but not in New York. <laughs> Just walking around the neighbourhood is fine, but yeah, like.
1: With like my dressing gown, but like the dressing gown's usually done up tighter. Yeah. Don't
0: <laughs> worry about her. Yes. But yes, yeah, she. Leaves. I mean, like, when we say these things, it's it's more of an indictment of like what the costuming was and what the director chose for these outfits as opposed to like shaming women specifically for wearing these outfits. Because like, the women in these movies aren't choosing to look like exactly. that themselves. They're styled to look this way. Exactly. So we don't blame Sue Storm for having her tits out. Like no. good for you, honey, if that's how you wanna do it. But it's not how you wanna do it because that's a direct choice that the directors made, an active choice yes. that they made. Absolutely. Um, let's see. So, yeah, he's very, very sad about
1: this. And he goes to cry on a bridge for a little bit about yes. it. A pigeon, like, lands on him. He's like, oh, I've got hope. There's a creature that loves me. And it shits on him, <laughs> <laughs> which is very on brand for when your life is going wrong. Yeah. And he spots a guy trying to jump off the bridge. Yeah, And it's like,
0: one. Oh, I didn't even put any content warnings in this do. episode. Oh, I'll put them in the notes. Okay. okay. Um, we can always record them after. Yes, that's that's true. Why don't we do that? editing. Editing. That's the magic. But
1: essentially he, like, tries this dark humour approach where he's like, Buddy, look at me. You think you got problems? Like, why are you jumping? Like, you don't look like a rock man who's just been shit on by a bird and dumped by his girlfriend. (laughs) Like, um, and I like that. I appreciate that about Ben Grimm a lot. Um, I think he's dealing with some... He's dealing with the hardest set of powers of the four. At least the most visible consequences. Mm. And we'll talk about this more when we do our X-Men episode next week, about people who visibly change and look different when they get their superpowers versus Mm. those who just have a cool power underneath
0: their physical appearance. And can, like, hide their power or, like, you know, be in the closet, as it were.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, like, you know... Uh, Let's see. He saves the guy, but in the process causes a clusterfuck of... Incidents on the bridge. bridge, so he does make it worse, like you said. I know he's like not trying to; it's not his intention, but it's like it's more the guy's reaction to him. And mm. then he's like, "Oh no, he's gonna fall and like get hit by a car," so he's trying to help and yeah. fix it.
0: But then, um, yeah. a, a fire truck like almost goes over and he has to try and save it and like there's there's a fire that happens and a bunch of other stuff that goes on so like sue reed and johnny are also on the bridge they're trying to find ben and they get stuck in traffic obviously because there was a big incident and so they get out and then reed's like sue you can you know we can't get through but this this is like the (laughs) The weirdest, silliest thing I've ever heard. He's like, you can get through if you turn invisible. And then so she starts like stripping down and like getting naked. And then she gets through, but then the others get through as well, so they didn't (laughs) actually-like she gets through after stripping completely
1: down, and they just go around the back of like a truck. And it's like, couldn't she have done that as well? Like it's not like she's the distraction because she's literally going invisible. Like, what? Um, (laughs) That scene is entirely pointless. Except was entirely pointless. Just to have Jessica Jessica Alba
0: in her underwear.
1: underwear. Yeah, it was just in her contract, I think, to be naked at many points in this movie.
0: Um, (laughs) Um, I love Sue, and I love her force field powers. So she uses her force field powers to stop a fire from, like, engulfing the whole bridge. Johnny saves a little girl. Ben and, um, Reed save the fireys and the firefighters. Yes. And then, um, they all get, uh, the press dubbing them the Fantastic Four.
1: Yeah, they do. Um, I think Johnny as well has a hand in that. He tries to be the face of the party, and brands them all so to speak and gives them their all, their individual nicknames.
0: Oh, that's later on. Oh, uh, it's a bit later? Oh, yeah.
1: Damn. Dip. But uh, we'll
0: get to that. Yes. So, they head back to Reed's lab and find out if they can turn back to human size. Been um back to human size, yeah. Yes. So, Reed and... I didn't really write down plot notes for this. I wrote down a lot of reactions to the plot. You did. But I love <laughs> like, this. Like, missed penis and uh, we missed fire out. penis and miss- steel penis. <laughs> we
1: missed out... <laughs> Thanks. We missed out Ben's fiancé coming back just to drop the ring yeah. on the bridge.
0: Um, that, so she she oh shows my God. up and he's like, yay! Oh. And then she just puts the ring on the ground and leaves and shakes And then the most heartbreaking part of this whole movie is when Ben tries to pick down, tries to pick up the ring. And he can't because his fingers are too big. No. And he can't pick up the ring. Somebody and get oh, that, that hurt me. Somebody get that man a
1: stylus. I was thinking that when he's trying yeah. to bash the phone numbers and things like that too. I'm like, yeah. can we just get him, like, a pen? <laughs> One of those magnetic, like, extendy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because I'm like, <laughs> please, practically? And I guess, like, that could be an allegory for walking, walking around the world with a disability that's never accommodated mm, before. Like,
0: that's true. And
1: that he's expected to blend in Instead of accommodations made when they're all in the lift together and yeah. the lift goes like exceeded maximum weight, and he's mm. like, I guess I'll just take the stairs. And he can't even like
0: get up with his mates. I'm like, yeah. how do they fix that problem? Do they ever fix that problem? They don't. He just, well, I think he gets in the lift like at one point and it's like, but he couldn't fit in the lift before. Yeah, so. but that's just down to poor filmmaking and
1: yeah. not keeping track of your jokes and things that you put in just for.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's
1: interesting. Um, you've, yes, you've put down your reactions. Reading Victor Von Doom, they have a fight about... What are they fighting about? Uh, um,
0: they want to turn Ben back to human, but um, Victor's, Victor won't, um like, fund it. Well, Victor's company's trying to fire him because he yes. the, the whole
1: space mission was a disaster. Yes. Again, it felt very Green Goblin in Spider-Man. Yes. that like, the company's like, well, all our stocks are failing, we're kicking you out, we're putting the board of directors in charge. And so Victor's essentially telling them that, like, he doesn't. He's not funding it. He's not mm. funding them changing it back. Reed will have to figure out his own, pay his own power bill, and get it sorted. And stop making idiot of him in the press because he's trying to get the gun on all of the... You know, getting back to Earth and talking and smoothing over what happened. And the Fantastic Four just ran out onto a bridge. And instead, now everyone knows the direct result of the mission. Mm. And that steps on Victor's ego. Because he's like, he was getting ready to go on a night, type, night talk show. And, like, mm. talk through about what happened and try and put his spit on it as a company man and his money, etc. Capitalism, blah, blah, blah. And instead, they get out there and, like, publicize everything mm. without him having the trump card.
0: Exactly. Yes. So, Victor starts turning more and more irrational. um He, we find out that he has this scar on the side of his face which keeps getting bigger, but it also looks like there's metal underneath his skin. Yes. And so he punches an elevator on the way down after the fight. The skin kind of comes off and there's metal underneath it. Mm. So we find out that he has powers. Yes. And he's slowly turning. I don't know if I should say insane, but like, I mean, I think you know, it's not necessarily a pejorative when he is actually kind of losing his mind a little bit. Hmm. Should I say insane? Mm, clinically. Like... Clinically. Yeah. We're not using it as like, that's insane. No. Like...
1: Uh, it's interesting they took this approach with, and this is just a go comic book nerd for a minute, with, mm. with Victor. Because traditionally, he's like a great dictator from a small Eastern European micronation. Uh-huh. And he doesn't have his powers through all of the sciencey stuff. And that's why he and Reed actually come to blows a lot. Is because he marries science and technology together... Sorry, science and magic together. Mm. He's from... Like, ironically, we talk a lot about um, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. We will, in the future, being whitewashed and taken away from the Romani roots. Uh, Von Doom is the same. He comes from this sort of, like, very Romani background. And, like, his mother's magic gets married with the science that his father sent him away to learn in America. And so he's like, read you wrong... Science isn't the only way, and, like, is a big, ego-filled supervillain about it. But, yeah, they just were like, he has zappy metal powers in this. Mm. And I thought that was sad, because Doom has quite a lot of scary gravitas in the comics. Yeah. And he has very interesting powers, and that whole idea of marrying your science and magic together is something I've always found really cool. It's why I'm a huge fan of Asgard. Mm. But, yeah, just...
0: Really they just
1: wanted to make him Green Goblin... Businessman gone mad. They man. don't
0: have a lot of room for... I mean, these are two-hour movies. Yeah. They don't really have a lot of room to, like... Unless it's a franchise. I mean, it is a franchise, isn't it? So they yeah. could have done it. But, like... And they try
1: to pepper in aspects of Latveria. They try to be like, why don't you just go to your home country when yeah. you're banned and from... Yeah, and then at the
0: end, he is shipped off back to Latveria.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Anyway,
0: literally shipped. Literally. Shipping, right?
1: Yes. Which they had open on the boat for some reason.
0: Anyway. <laughs> where were we in the plot? Um, so Johnny goes to the motocross <laughs> and makes a fool out of himself because he is a fool.
1: This is where my housemate said that Johnny wouldn't survive corona because he wouldn't self-quarantine. <laughs> he would be the God, one, I hope he
0: doesn't survive
1: corona. <laughs> he would be the reason everyone dies. Because he refuses to stay home and self-isolate when he has a space virus. Wouldn't Reed thing? be
0: working on a cure? With his science and magic and his Reed, superhero powers. Reed gets very
1: stuck in whatever project he's working on.
0: Yeah. And he... Okay, um, not to go
1: into Fantastic Four history. He, a very famous thing I remember from the Fantastic Four is how they were in Civil War. Because Civil mm. War was a very interesting comic, very lots of perspectives, etc. He was instantly on Tony's side. And Reed's argument for why he was on Tony's side is like, he's done the maths. And if we aren't on Tony's side... All superheroes will not exist. I'm gonna vomit. So he did complex mathematical equations to figure out which side he was on. Meanwhile, Sue leaves his ass, takes Johnny, and is on Cap's side. Nice. Because she's like, Are you like, are you really going to mathematic this out? It doesn't feel wrong to you morally to be on this side where they're like, she was sort of in the middle until they start putting microchips in supervillains brains they started like because they didn't have enough people on tony's side they yeah. needed other people to be the, the superhero police um, <laughs> and like she's superhero like does this boss. not feel wrong to you reed because this is fucked and so yeah it was i remember that about I hope he's reed being asexual now well i want to talk about it later because i have a lot of thoughts on reed which Good. is very interesting
0: so, um, Johnny and Ben have a big fight and, yep. uh, they, Johnny actually dubs them all the Fantastic Four when yep. the press is, like, talking to him. Um, he's like, um, you know, that's, uh, that's the thing and that's Reed Richards, um, Mr. Fantastic. Him? Mr. Fantastic. And, um, he calls Sue the invisible girl. And she's
1: so mad about it. <laughs>
0: Rightfully so. Good. <laughs> So um, the plot kind of continues with Reed and Sue just trying to find a cure. Um, Victor, like, because Ben is kind of, like, disillusioned and he doesn't really know what he's doing. And, like, they're not really doing anything. Like, there's not really a, a lot of plot to this this film. So there's no, like, bad guy that they have to beat or anything just yet. So um, while Reed and Sue try and find a cure, Ben is, like, you know, he's just kind of, like... <laughs> picking up the pieces of his life and trying to, like, learn how to be a person in the world who looks like he does and who, I guess, has his disability. Like, is that a disability? Could we call it that? I think it's
1: wrong to make that correlation. That's for disabled viewers to decide. Okay. But it's more like he's very visibly not like the other heroes. Yes,
0: exactly. Like,
1: um, you might compare it to, like, you know, Quasimodo in The Hunchback of Notre Dame who has a like a disfigurement or something that outcasts mm. him from society mm. and society judging him purely on that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There is a, a moment where he meets a blind woman whose name, Alicia, Alicia, I think. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. Kerry Washington. And so, it, I mean, it's a bit like, we'll, we'll talk about this a little bit more, um, how, you know, disability representation, when the actor themselves is not disabled, this is a really contentious topic. Um, And so um, he meets somewhere in here, I I don't think I wrote it down, but he meets Alicia and she kind of, like... At a bar. At a bar, and she touches his face, and she, like, you know, is just kind of into him, and um, she finds him really interesting. And then, uh, after, I guess, after that, somewhere in there, um, Victor manipulates Ben into getting mad at Reed, and so...
1: That he's taking too long, that he's not really looking for a cure, because... He and Sue are having a great time with their powers. Look at Johnny having a great time. Exactly. Like, all that
0: classic manipulation exactly. stuff. <laughs> and then Johnny and Sue get mad at each other, and then Reed experiments on himself to see if he'll turn back. But there's not enough power in the machine that he has, so he just kind of like flops all over the place. It's really weird. He just kind of melts. Yeah. And then restabilizes. Him restabilizes. Yeah. yeah. Um, So Victor turns Ben back to human, but then he tries to kill the Fantastic Four. Um, Johnny has a lot of screen time for someone who basically does nothing the entire movie, except (laughs) he takes care of a missile Tony Stark style. He makes a
1: big fire, because they've established that he can go as hot as the sun, like (laughs) 4,000 Kelvin, because (laughs) he doesn't listen when Reed and Sue are like, stop, you're breaking the machine. And then, um, yeah, so he does essentially the same thing to the the missile and to Doctor Doom at the end because he's in the middle of this whirlwind of flame and Sue is containing it with her force field and Reed is kind of just standing there like, (laughs) I don't know how to help I will wrap my arms <laughs> protectively around the bubble. No, he... <laughs> he tries
0: to wrap up Victor. No,
1: he does, and it doesn't work. And the best... My favourite part, and I remember this very vividly, is right at the end, they make the quip about, do you know what happens to metal when it's cooled super quickly <laughs> yeah. after being heated? And then, like, what like Ben rips his fire hydrant up, and it shoots, and he, like, puts his foot down, it shoots it at Reed, and Reed <laughs> turns into a giant slippery slide to target the water, and... <laughs> victim on doom. and that is the only thing he did in the final final is become a slippery slide
0: for this world oh, this movie is a mess <laughs> like typically when you have a superhero you put them in a position where their powers are useful i know
1: he, and i guess he's the thing about the fantastic four is he is the most useless except for his brain essentially he, he can like being rubbery is cool in theory, but like um, and the interesting thing about Reed is the whole suggestion that because it's not just that his skin's like plasticky, it's like also his bones and every single thing yeah. inside of his body so there's that whole idea that because his brain is now made of rubber, it has the potential to stretch more and like be, be smarter there's some weird logic behind that smooth brain smooth brain, <laughs> as opposed to rough brain <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, okay, so then at the end, um, after that's all done, Reed proposes to Sue, and Johnny takes to the skies <laughs> and writes the giant four in the sky. Writes the giant four. Okay, that'd well that a was really, a half an hour.
1: That would be really difficult to write a four in the sky because it's not like you're handwriting it and you can see what you're writing. It would just
0: be like an A. <laughs>
1: you just but you're flying, so you don't get the view of it. Yeah.
0: Anyway. <laughs> no, but like he would just like it would turn out smooth and. Streamlined, as opposed to like an angular point. Yeah, you're right. Okay, feminism in feminism. this film. Doctor Sue Storm. Yeah. Woman in STEM. woman of color in STEM. Yeah. Uh, it is not actually explained why she and Johnny are uh, brother and sister. You know what the saddest. How Chris Evans is white and Sue is, and Jessica Alba is Latinx. You know what the saddest answer to this probably
1: is? They didn't even think about it. Or that she's just whitewashed. Because um, I, my housemate, God bless him, he's really good most of the time, but he literally did not know that Jessica
0: Alba was that's true not white yes. until two months ago when I pointed it out. Yeah. So well, I didn't know. Okay, this is another thing. My blindness. I didn't know Cameron Diaz was Latinx no. for a while because she has like blonde hair and blue eyes. And that's the thing as well. Why were in the two thousands, in particular?
1: The only Latinx women were allowed to see had blonde hair and blue eyes. Or in Jessica Alba's case had blue contacts put in to make her Oh look my up. god, I didn't even notice. Oh, they're so bad. Oh,
0: I didn't even notice.
1: Yeah. Um, but I think it is a huge point there that
0: they were deliberately trying not to draw attention to race, which in itself was being very Racist. <laughs> well, in the in the newer Fantastic Four that came out a couple of years ago, yeah, they talk about how Sue and Johnny are brother and sister, but Sue is uh, adopted. adopted, yeah, yeah, because she's played by. She's played by Kate Mara. Kate yes, Mara. Um, and Michael, B. Michael B. Jordan is Jordan your Human is Torch. Johnny.
1: Yeah, yeah, but in this one again, I think they were just trying to play it straight in the comics where they're just blood siblings, but they completely do not talk about race at all in this film with their leading woman as a
0: woman of colour. Like I think um Jessica Alba is mixed race, correct me if I'm wrong. So it's entirely possible if she had like if the character had like a white parent and they were half brother and sister. Like I'd believe that. That's but they fine. don't unpack any of that. They don't it's, left any of it's left to be assumed or to not be talked about at all. Exactly. Like the elephant in the room. Exactly. And so that's really fucking weird. It is quite fucking very strange. Um, But anyway, yes, yes, another woman in STEM. They
1: love these women in STEM in Marvel, Mm -hmm. which is great. Give me like a cool, smart woman. You love women in STEM. Yeah, like I love all women. (laughs) All women are queens. (laughs) All women are
0: valid. Yeah, but they're just except Pauline Hanson. Fuck you, Pauline Hanson she just cut that out and not give her any airtime. No,
1: let's... Yeah, I don't want to talk about her. She's a drongo, not a woman. (laughs) (laughs) Sue is, unfortunately, constantly framed as Victor's girlfriend and Reed's ex-girlfriend. Yes. She... I I was noticing this very much that 80% of her lines in the start of the movie, or in the first, I think, act, are, I have to meet Victor. She just says that all the time. Like, I could count, like, on more than one hand every time she's talking to Reed, is like, I have to go meet Victor now. Or, I'm meeting Victor. Or, goodbye, Johnny, I have to go talk to Victor.
0: Yep. And I'm just like, oh. Yep. So, I noted that, uh, like, Mary Jane, she's quite passive for the first part of the movie, which, again, is what Dana says. I have to meet Victor. But she does try to save Ben during the radioactive yeah. incident she, cosmic rays
1: thing. She leaves Victor behind in the shieldy room to go and actually help, because yeah. she's got a conscience. <laughs> and she's capable person. of
0: doing things. Yes. She's a very capable listen awesome. um her big moment comes when she first uses her force field powers to stop the fire on the bridge because mm-hmm. um, before that we just kind of seen her go invisible but like this one she's actively making a decision and using her powers even though she doesn't know what they are at the moment like they kind of just come out but yeah. it's still like you know she's she's doing it it's her thing I would say that that's an active choice.
1: I found it interesting that in the conversation she has with Reed when they're doing the little montage of testing their powers and capabilities, her invisibility is apparently triggered by anger. Mm. Um, And she's, of course, Reed's giant face is, like, (laughs) in, like, this shot, like, through this, like, microscope lens, and she's just like, huh, yeah, I can muster that emotion. Like... Typical straight people romance, but like they're angry at each other all the time. But um, it was interesting, I thought, that anger was the emotion, not protectiveness, not, yeah. you know, um, anxiety, not because you'd assume an invisibility power would be linked to anxiety and not wanting to be seen.
0: Well, I kept thinking about the Incredibles. Yes. And how, like, the daughter has the invisibility to do with her shyness. And, yeah, that's and- true. And when she, like, she. Um, and she also had some sort of force field powers and that kind of thing. Yeah. And so I kept thinking about that. Yeah, you're right. Like, um, her powers are triggered by anxiety and shyness, but Sue's are more like... Anger and, like, desire to... More bring, active like, emotions.
1: Active emotions, which is interesting. Hmm. I found that really cool. Because uh, so often, like, your female of the team... Well, ugh, the word female. Um, the women in your team... <laughs> the one woman. Yeah, the one woman on your team is like... She's the sensitive one, and the and Sue is in a way very protective, and like she's the older sister to Johnny, and she cares about Ben. That's very yeah. clear from the first. It's clear that moment. she has those, but it's kind of nice in this film. They all care about each other, mm. like they all seem to feel like a family, which is the whole
0: family, and it's
1: the whole point of the Fantastic Four. They're Marvel's first family, like Aww.
0: yeah, that's
1: lovely, yeah. It doesn't feel like she's doing all the heavy load. And he, Reed in this is far more humanized than he is in the comics. He cares so much about lots of people. He just is not interested in Sue's bobbies.
0: <laughs> okay, I'm so torn with that because it's <laughs> a lesbian, I'm like, yes, boobs. But as a feminist, I'm like, hate the way that women on these films are <laughs> shot and framed. Oh, tell me about it. I love them so much. As a lesbian
1: feminist. They were so helpful for me as a kid. Yeah. Damn, I'm gay. (laughs) Uh, Okay, would we argue in this movie that with the amount of times we see... Like, okay. um, Consistency. I love the shot where Johnny comes back after being on fire while he's skiing. And he's wearing that tiny pink coat the whole time. (laughs) Would we say it's a quality? Because it doesn't seem like they're just doing it to Jessica Alba in this film.
0: That's true. Johnny does get naked quite a lot. Lots of times. Lots of times. (laughs) So it's a bit tit for tat. Tit for tit. Tit for tit, yeah. (laughs) Um, Man titties. You know, I guess like
1: because a lot of movies, he says you don't see that at all. It's always, like... Wait, are we
0: always seeing um, Chris Evans' titties in movies? Like, is that just a thing? Yes. Because I was, I was looking up Red Sea Diving Resort and, like, how bad it is. And, um, and I know he gets naked in that. Mm. And he's, like, half-naked a lot in the Captain America series.
1: Just to this movie, like, it's... Uh, yeah. As, I I what you mean.
0: Chris Evans.
1: I get what you mean as, like, a feminist and a woman. But, like, I guess it depends on your audience and how they're interpreting, too. When you... And uh, your director and how they're filming it and how they're framing it. What are their intentions? And we know, unfortunately, that a lot of the time when we get those shots, it's to be titillating to male audiences, it's for isolating. lack of a better word. And sure, your lesbians in the audience might enjoy it, but they're not the ones... Contributing to it and, the, and the nudity, It's not for us The nudity would look very different if, And it's like a very different type of gaze Compared to the male gaze Exactly So we're like Den, you're bobbies But like <laughs> Den,
0: <box. laughs> Sorry That was an Instagram comment I know, That this is, someone left me.
1: It's just my catchphrase for this episode <laughs> It's gonna be in the in the description <laughs> Dana constantly refers to bobbies <laughs> I thought we were doing X-Men next week Yeah
0: no, um, so, uh, again, I found Sue to be the stern and responsible type. She's always yeah. framed as more responsible than Johnny. Yeah. And, I like, what I gathered, I'm, I'm not even sure if this is true, but what I gathered is that she's the older one. Yes, she yeah. is the older sister. So that's always, like, oh, it's so much fun to frame women as responsible for their younger brothers, also, another man.
1: Also, she definitely looks younger than Chris Evans in this film. But that's because Hollywood won't let women age. Um, they were like twenty five in this movie, though they really weren't very old. No, I know, but the way she's made up and framed and everything, she looks physically younger mm. than Chris Evans, and that always bothers me.
0: I think she's just youthful looking. <sighs> That's true. That is true. Uh, let's see. Um, so like even when um Sue is allowed to like lose it a little bit, um, she is like it's still about Reed, like. When, like you were saying, when she gets angry and Reed is, like, trying to just kind of not experiment on her, but just kind of figure out what her powers are, and they figure out that her anger is... Tri- like, her um, invisibility is triggered by anger. It's... She's still angry at Reed. It's, it's, like, an emotional response to him. Yeah. And so... And then when she loses it at Johnny, it's, again, it's framed as about Johnny. Mm. So she doesn't really, like, have anything to do with anything other than either her invisibility powers or, or the men in her life. Yeah, and,
1: like, it could have been really interesting, like, if they'd explored more of... Because it's always framed in the concept conversation she's having. When she and Reed have their big heart-to-heart, they're talking about when she left and, like, yeah. dumped him, essentially. And she doesn't get to talk about how she felt and all that. She just gets to talk about why didn't you notice and why didn't you care? It's always redirecting it back to the men. Um, yeah. She doesn't get enough time to shine on her own. No. Um, she does get to do things, though. In Unlike Reed who's just scene, standing yeah. around looking rubbery and turning into a slippery slide. She's instrumental. Th- that shield power has saved so many people. And it comes at personal cost to her. We see her nose get yeah, that little bit of like blood trickle down every time. Yeah, it's physically draining on her. Yeah, but she'll do it without hesitation. Which is pretty cool. Great. Um, my favorite power of hers is her perfect mascara when she gets out of the shower. There's a shot where she's just like walking around in a towel with her wet hair, and her eyelashes are so fucking huge. I want that power. Can I have that superpower? You have
0: beautiful eyelashes.
1: Thank you, but they're not that voluminous and like black as soon as I get out of the shower. Ugh. Oh, Please. Love the patriarchy. Alright. Oh, Reminds me of something my friend told me. I got a tattoo this weekend, yes. and it's the mo- I t- keep talking about it constantly. But it's so cool. My friend told me that her mum got eye her eyelids tattoo oh, to get no. eyeliner permanently on oh. because she was a lawyer and had to show up to court all the time and didn't want to spend time on her makeup. And
0: Did that's she get it this done
1: through an actual
0: tattoo artist or one through, of the makeup no, through
1: through one of the makeup tattooing really? places? No, but like
0: uh, getting, getting your eyelids lids
1: dead. yeah that's
0: that's um,
1: patriarchy heavy. in action anyway heavy.
0: <laughs> okay next one ben's wife deb um like i said fully walks, walks out of her home in lingerie so that was a choice that the costume that the director i would say the director made
1: yeah because i think the line before she walks out is like i've got a surprise for you like you're home early oh you know we know what's going on there Ugh. um she just rejects Ben. Like, they're engaged. Aren't they applied to have been together for several years? Yeah, exactly. She didn't even want to talk to him? Like, she just freaks and heads back inside. I I really don't like that scene. Even as a kid, something rubbed me wrong about it. It That someone you love wouldn't talk to you about that if you come back. And I. Something was always felt rooted in misogyny to me, like that mm. women are shallow and will reject you if you don't look.
0: Late. Yeah, that's how they're framing it, and Cause so he's... they, they, because it's just another thing to add to Ben's list of worries. Yes, like and heartbreak. he's turned into this orange monster, and his wife, his fiancee, has left him, and he can't really be in society the way he could before, and, and, like, the rest of the team have bigger problems than helping him solve his, and, you know, and so it's just, like, another thing to add to his list of woes. Yeah. And so, like, you're right, it is misogynistic to be, like, women are shallow, but then they kind of counter that by having Alicia, and we'll talk about Alicia in a minute. But
1: they have, like, they're saying that only a blind girl could love him. Yes, that's true. Which is...
0: Oh, what? That's such a... (sighs) Anyway. But we shouldn't say that because blind women can have as much taste as the
1: next person. I know,
0: but it's more only... Like, the implication that only... Someone who can't physically see him.
1: Yes. And I like that she loves him for more than just how he looks, of course. Mm. Because she doesn't know that. But,
0: like... (sighs) Yeah,
1: it's I just... mean the way
0: it's framed is like like what you're saying. But yeah, when yeah. Deb,
1: Deb, in particular, I think it's just a very problematic character. Lots of people getting engaged or about to get married who clearly don't know anything about their partners in the long term. <laughs> there are three, no, two proposals in this movie, and like one breakup, one breakup of an engaged couple, and like none of these people know each other well. That's I think speaking to just straight people being ridiculous. Yeah,
0: it's a very straight movie.
1: Um, um you were talking before about when the ring and he's yeah. unable to pick up the ring um real talk though i was like kind of looking at my computer writing notes at this point point. Yeah. and the first three lines that reed says to him as he picks up the ring and holds it out to him sounds like he's proposing to ben i swear to you i will do everything in my power until there is not a breath left in me <laughs> like, i just looked up and i'm like is this, how, a gay. is this how this line was meant to be played? With this beautiful, tender, swelling score underneath? Because it transformed oh. from that sad score as she walks away to just the... Doo-doo. Triumphant. Yeah. Like. <laughs> it was really strange. Um, funny. It was very tender. You're right. Yeah. It's a very tender moment.
0: Okay. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Alicia. While Alicia. While we're on that train. Um, so she's... <sighs> What did I say? Blind, but KW isn't... Kerry Washington isn't blind, yes. right? I, I didn't understand what my own notes were. <laughs> so she's blind, but Kerry Washington isn't blind. So that's kind of like this... There's been a lot of debate recently because there was this... Um, I think it's a TV show that just came out with... Um, the characters had, like, severe disabilities and um, and the, ca- the actors weren't disabled at all. Hmm. And... Um, and the, the people behind it were like, were we going to wait, you know, years to find people with disabilities who were good for the parts, Or were we just going to, you know, just going to hire people who were good for the parts? Like, yes, you should have waited years. Oh. <laughs> yes, you should have. If you can't have, if you can't find a disabled person who fits that, that perfect role, then you're not looking hard enough and you shouldn't make this. Eddie Renmayne
1: winning an Oscar for portraying play- Stephen Hawking. Oh. Um Daredevil, we've already talked about being portrayed by two different men who are not blind. It's like you're saying that people with disabilities can't be actors or don't have the skill to be actors, which is such a backhanded slap. Like, Mm. or they don't, the, the name of our famous actor is more important than having people on screen represented by people who actually have been through or have those
0: disabilities. (sighs) it's just and it's it's just can't get over this this idea that it's like well we should find you know the right person but you're not looking in the right places and you didn't find the right person because they don't have the disability that that uh, that the character has and at the very
1: least if our world isn't ready to have be waiting for the perfect actor who has that condition or like a disability at the very least Get some people on your writing teams and production teams. If they can't be in front of the camera, put them behind
0: them to share their stories. Exactly. And, like, I don't understand this idea of, like, why a non-disabled person, filmmaker, writer, TV writer, whatever, would want to write a TV show and make a whole TV show about characters who are disabled but not have any input on disability from people who are disabled. Save your complexes. Think they know what's better. (laughs) My housemate's laughing like
1: a dog downstairs. (laughs) Um, I always worried sometimes we'd be playing a game that it would carry up in our early episodes. So if you ever hear weird, very, very faint background noises in our podcast, it might be the echoing from two stories down. (laughs) Okay. um, Alicia... She has that whole narrative where, you know, she's there to remind Ben that being different isn't a bad thing. And I guess she's the one character who can who can say that without coming across as... What's the word? Patronizing? Yeah. Because she clearly, as a blind character, is meant to represent, like, having different experiences and everything...
0: Um, So, like, Ben's experience is definitely an allegory for disability. Yes. But then they do also have disability representation. Yes. So that's actually something that uh, a lot of these movies lack, is having the actual representation of, like, other either disabled people or queer people or trans people.
1: But let's see what else. Uh, I really liked she had a throwaway line where Ben was being his usual, like, pessimistic self where he goes, God really hates me well, he, re- he must really hate me. Mm. And she goes, nah, God's a she. God's a she. <laughs> and I really thought that was a cool throwaway line. I was like, yeah, nice. From that feminism aspect. Mm. Let's go. That's a nice thing to have in a 2000s movie.
0: Yeah. And Carrie Washington also is a black woman. Yes. So that's nice that they had a little bit of representation there. Yeah. Um... But she's not, like, a huge part of this story. Like, she doesn't... Like, if we were to apply the Duvernay test to her, it wouldn't pass because... Oh, actually, no. I can't even remember what the Duvernay. We have it written down, and we'll apply it to Jessica Alba's character. But um, yeah. <sighs> Sorry, just trying and to. And she kind of just like exists to make Ben feel better about himself because he's like, well, you know, at least I'm not blind. This is kind of like a who has it worse disability thing. Well else uh, is women happening at the this motocross?
1: One. Yeah, there's a lot of women who are in this movie for like three seconds just to hang on Johnny's arm. Mm. And be very attractive conventionally, and just show that he's a womanizer. They don't have much beyond that, unfortunately. We already
0: talked about the nurse. We did. We already talked about the nurse. Quite she was a bit. pretty cool though, because she like <laughs> jumped out of the helicopter and. <laughs> no, but
1: she's <laughs> trying to it. do a damn job. <laughs> She's getting kissed and getting told, kissed she to the be, place. told she has to be on the, the, the slopes. But 4.01 when she knocks off at 4. If anyone told me I had to meet them for a date at like, let's say for me, it'd be like 20 past 6. I leave work at 5.45 most days. I'd be like, fuck off. I'm tired. I want to go get changed and have a shower. You don't know who I've had vomiting on me all day. <laughs> like,
0: just be like... I'll get back to you. I feel like, yeah, I'll still be in bed. Like, <laughs> give me, like, two hours to get ready for a date. Seriously.
1: All right, let's
0: talk about some queerness in this okay, movie. My first note is that Chris Evans' characters have big, chaotic bisexual energy. <laughs> <laughs> do you want me to say my next point
1: you put it in there i wasn't gonna write it in my notes but you know that you know the drill okay uh,
0: if we write it in our notes we have to say it yep Okay, i have it on good authority that chris evans has Ugh. a big dick is a generous lover and loves to eat women out i know these things and now you know these things.
1: thanks for that i didn't know those things until you fucking put them in our podcast notes and i didn't want to My gay ass is good out here not knowing about
0: these things. Now you know. Why, though? And you're a worse person for knowing. Uh, (laughs) And I'm a worse person for telling you. You are. What would I do without you? Crash and burn. Mm like Johnny
1: does
0: (laughs) yeah in most parts of life um what else he 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 knows how to sew because he puts a four on all of their uniform he does he sneaks it on there which is great he says it's sort of Armani meets space (laughs) what a line his catchphrase is literally flame on oh yes you do Johnny Storm
1: I that's pretty it isn't it just
0: flaming like flame on He's flaming just, Johnny Storm. He's very flamboyant. He's very flamboyant. Call me Mr. Sensitivity. Right at the end.
1: Yeah, at the party. He's talking to Ben. Ben's like, "Stop <laughs> bullying me." And he's like, "Just call me Mr. Sensitivity from now on." Um okay, I had a couple of notes on Johnny as well because what happens is I think Reed and him are talking and he's like, "Fight for my sister." Like if you want to go get her like she, um he, he she's yeah, sure she's dating Mr. Stud of the Year right now. And I'm like What a weird line for someone's brother to say about their boyfriend. (laughs) Like, that's such a... Like, yeah, I guess it Pep is into this chaotic bi theory. um, And also, um, when they're being interviewed... Or when, like, I think he is after the, the motocross, specifically, and he, like, gives them all their names and all of this, the interviewer says, I heard that Mr. Fantastic can transform any part of his body. <laughs> and, and it, like, the face he makes, like, they're asking him this question, he makes a you-know-it face, yes. which you would only know by having intimate
0: knowledge of someone. And, and then of he course says,
1: I, I think he's a little limp. <laughs>
0: I've always found him to be a little limp. This
1: is so campy! Like, I can't even make this shit up! It's very gay. Yeah, I think the chaotic bi-energy, they do everything they can to make them look like a womanizer, but somehow it's still there.
0: Well, he could still be a womanizer.
1: Yeah, that's true. I know, but then we get into the the bi-stereotype of, like, Mm. promiscuity, etc. (sighs) Ugh. It's all confusing times. Do you want to
0: talk about Reed? Yeah,
1: okay, we can talk about Reed. Again, the running theory that he, like, could be ace for sure, but it kind of plays into those ideas of, like, you're, like, who seemingly is very intelligent, might be even on the autistic spectrum, science man being super emotionally stunted. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you could read him as ace, but I think that plays into a lot of stereotypes. Like, not all of your scientists have to be completely disinterested in romance or love. Um, But there's definitely an argument to move that I just don't want to give anyone him because he's not great rep compared to like in the comics and everything. He's not good rep for anybody. Uh, The things that I saw in this movie were like, um, he's talking about Victor a lot. He's smart. He's successful. He's powerful. And Ben literally says, well, then maybe you should date him. (laughs) Um, Um... and, like, is he wrong? Because all Reed really cares about is his science and the men in his life. Yeah. He's very much, like, making heartfelt pledges to Ben on the bridge. He's very much comparing himself to um, Victor all the time. Yeah, Victor, yeah. Victor, at least, at the start of it. Yeah. And, um, you know, Sue is trying to show off in her awesome space suit. I'm like, whoa, what a cool fabric. Um, let's see. Talking about Johnny, he's harder than yeah. I anticipated. <laughs> Like, I know that's to do with this temperature, but it's just a line. Yeah, it is a which line. Which I love. It's
0: a very good line.
1: Um, And it would be an interesting take on the story if instead of, like, this emotionally stunted, like, very, like, science-driven man, what if he just turn around when Sue and him are having that moving, like, that conversation? He's like, actually, Sue, it's not that I didn't want to fire you or wasn't interested in you. I'm not into women. <laughs> yeah, that would have been great. <laughs> I'm not into women. Unfortunately, it was... 2005. I know. Um, and that's the thing. And I also have a story here. I don't know if I want to inflict it on you and the rest of the world. Hang on to you. Is it in the notes? It is. It's called The Rubber asshole for Your Rubber asshole Story.
0: Well, now my interest <laughs> is peaked.
1: <laughs> okay, this was a 2am a. in the morning conversation I had with my best friend um, down in Sydney. Well, at the time, though, we were 18, so I think we were meeting for his 18th birthday. And... We were just talking a lot of crap about comics, and we were talking about Reed Richards being a big asshole in the comics. <laughs> a big rubber asshole. And then we're like, oh no! We've realised the double-end meaning of the... He would literally have a rubber asshole while being a rubber asshole. And then somehow we got on the conversation of which superhero, like, would need someone with a rubber asshole <laughs> if they were dating Because, <laughs> like, we are thinking about... Like, We like we're talking about the Hulk and I'm not uh, bringing up I'm not bringing up the one that we don't want to talk about I'm bringing up the yeah. Edward Norton Hulk. Yeah yeah.
0: Or I'm not Mark doing Fluffalo.
1: another episode or Mark Fluffalo where they get a high heart rate they transform into the Hulk. The only person who would survive that would be Reed Richards. <laughs> The rubber asshole for your rubber asshole. Oh, okay. I take back
0: everything I said about Chris Evans so that we can, like, move on from this conversation. I can scrub that from my brain. I'll never talk about Chris Evans being a generous lover again. Okay, I'm sorry. I apologize. I was in the wrong. Um,
1: This episode is just constantly Lisa and I getting revenge on each other. I had to share it. (laughs) I think I've sent you into
0: hysterics. You're having a panic attack. <laughs> it's over. It's done. We put a pin in it. Okay, I did see this picture one time of all these <laughs> American, um, these Avengers dildos, and the Hulk was like massive. No. It was yeah. It was a dildo. Why didn't the we of, like, talk fibers. about this in our Avengers episode? <laughs> you brought it up. I did. I just I just think of these things when I think of them. Fantastic moving on <laughs> moving on do you have anything else to say about reed
1: oh uh, look um not necessarily reed uh, i got some campy vibes from the unnamed assistant to victor
0: yes like, the guy who looks like reed and looks like victor Yeah, and they like, all look like each other god so why sue
1: you can have anyone in the world it's like a literally a conversation <laughs> they have and he's just there being super efficient and super there for the drama <laughs> like <laughs> And at the end, he's the one in the shipping container, like sending him off back to Latveria. Yeah,
0: maybe. I like, yeah, back- no, I like- I see it. I like looking at the background characters because that's all we had in two thousand and five. Exactly, and I think there was a lot of like queer coding for characters like that. Anyway, even if it wasn't intentional, or even if like, yeah, I, I don't know. Even if it wasn't intentional, it's still there. Yeah, like. exactly. All right, did we want to look at the divinate? Oh, God, the. Duvern- duvernay thank you duvernay test um yes so or we'll look at the duvernay sue. test for sue so the first question is are any characters of color whitewashed or played by actors of a different ethnicity and i think for this one it should um actually be are any actors of color whitewashed because um jessica albert is a person of color
1: well and in the comics both sue storm and um alicia ben's girlfriend are white characters okay So we've actually got the reverse, where the actors of colour are playing characters who were white in the comics.
0: But as we discussed, they never make mention of it, and they try and make her look as Caucasian as possible. Yes. Um, With the blonde, very blonde hair,
1: the blue contacts. Why couldn't we just have brown-eyed Sue Storm? The world wasn't ready for
0: it, apparently. (laughs) Uh, Next question. Do the characters of colour pursue their own goals separate from the white characters? I always get stuck on this
1: question yeah. because if they're a team ensemble, it's kind of like the goal is the same for all of them. Yeah. So is that a problem with these guys? I'm not really
0: sure. Like that's the thing about the 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 um, version of the Duvernay test that I have is that these these aren't necessarily cut and dry yes or no. Um, like especially a superhero ensemble, they mm. all want to
1: save the world that seems a pretty clear-cut objective. It's whether the morality for it is different or more so if there is a side plot, do they have
0: side goals inside of... Like, I'm not sure. Like, Sue's... Like, as we discussed, Sue's um, character really revolves around the men Men. in her life. Exactly. So I would say no, because all of the men are um, white.
1: Yes, and she wants to save people,
0: but that's always in relation to her role within the Fantastic Four so uh, number three do the characters of color primarily talk about race nope no and that's actually a problem for yes. this movie um, do the characters of color fulfill harmful, simplistic or downright racist stereotypes I would say no uh, yeah I'd say refreshingly no but yes. that's because so little of race is even talked about in exactly. this film exactly it's not talked about at all No. Um, and number five is the director, writer and or creator representative of the story's culture nope No. no way Alright, um, was there anything else that we wanted to discuss?
1: No, I think we've pretty much hit the nail on the head, uh, and we'll see how this movie progresses when we get yeah. into season two, and I assume we're watching the second one.
0: Oh, yes, we are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, more Chris Evans. We've
1: got many seasons more of More opportunities to
0: talk about Chris Evans. I, I never I would never deprive you of that. <laughs> I hate Chris Evans so much. It's he tries so hard to make me like him. He tries so hard to make me specific. You're
1: the I one can. bringing up his generous loveness.
0: <laughs> just because I've talked about it to people who know. That's fair. You just want to share the awareness with the exactly. world. Exactly. I want to share these things with the world. Now everybody knows. Um, Everyone, we, the seven people who listen to this podcast. Would we recommend this movie to anyone? No. No, if we were going to see it again, what might we change? Um, Just general queerness, like the things that we talked about. Talk about race a bit more. Explain why Sue and Johnny are brother and sister. But, like, you can have race talked about in a nuanced um, way. And it can, you know, it can even be something like Sue saying, you know, it's been harder for me as a woman of colour and STEM to you know, to progress in my career or something like that. That could
1: have been a conversation about why she ended up working for Victor and exactly. blurring, blurring the lines of personal relationship with career boundaries and things like that. Yeah. You know, cause Reed could bring it up. He said, Oh, like, you know, you're just doing what you did when we were together. Like when we were together, we worked together too. And she's like, this is different. Like I've had to face a lot of obstacles I started with working for Victor, and then it progressed into something more. As a woman of colour in STEM, I've had to take my opportunities where they come. Like exactly. you said, yeah. Um, making Johnny more flaming by would be fun.
0: Uh, <laughs> I like my homosexuals flaming. <laughs> Piper not homosexual. <laughs> no, bisexual. Bisexual. Um, that was just a Simpsons quote that yeah. I yeah. <laughs>
1: And, um, yeah, read... You could play with that idea of like uh, your sexual spectrum and everything. Um, I don't know. I feel like though, I'd hate for the only ace rep to be because it's just constantly the only ace rep is science nerd, obsessed with science, and yeah. Mm. I don't know. But maybe that's not my place as someone who's not ace too
0: determine that that's not yeah. a good rap. well i think we can talk about these things like we do yeah. have awareness and we know things and we've talked to people in the world yeah and, you know and like
1: I, you could even go down the route of if he is ace like he has a lot of queer platonic bond, bonds like mm. he has those queer platonic relationships like with, with sue and ben and not really johnny <laughs> i think mean, johnny and him are very just cordial, at least in this
0: film he doesn't really get on with anyone. <laughs> he really doesn't. He's only there because he's Sue's brother. Yeah, he doesn't even, like, really do anything. Yeah, I know. He's just... He, he um, destroys the missile. Yeah. That's his only purpose. But, like, there's no plot in this movie.
1: He's the one who also... If they were stuck in quarantine, it'd be a very boring
0: movie. Because yeah. he's constantly trying to get out there and, like... Yeah, that's true. He, he creates he moves the the plot, in in quotes, plot... Exactly. Um, ...along, so yeah yeah
1: no um okay good to know all Um, right let's
0: stop talking about it now all right
1: folks make sure until next time you stay marvelous